0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. I'm joined by former Texas All-American offensive lineman, um, 24-7 sports analyst, former college coach. I mean he knows the game, he's played the game at the college and NFL level. Um he is the one and only Blake Brockermeyer. Blake, how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Hey man, you know, it's uh it's an exciting time I think for Texas football after a really disappointing 5 and 7 season. Of course, you're also the father of Luke Brockermeyer, middle linebacker for the Texas Longhorns and we'll get an update on Luke here in a second, but um, after a disappointing five and seven season, Blake, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, and his coaching staff uh, put together a top five recruiting class with a lot of offensive and defensive linemen. I mean, just as a as a Longhorn, what was your reaction to signing day?
1: I thought it was great. I mean, they did an amazing job of of getting a bunch of needs that they needed. I mean, Really, besides Bijan and and Worthy, they pretty much need either starting help or or you know bodies at every position on the field. So I think you know sark has been in the SEC for uh, you know a little bit, so he understands what it takes to win. And I think uh, offensive line and defensive line is where they you know focused, and they've also got some speed uh you know some secondary pieces so really just they they really need everything but they hit a home run with the O-line and the D-line I think yeah and as a as an O-lineman yourself talk about
0: um being able to bring in a big group like this um at the moment well a a big group and then you kind of grow together in your time uh in college because, I mean, I think that's kind of what you had, right? I mean, and as yeah, a coach.
1: Yeah, it's, well, that's the way it used to be. It used to be grow together. Now it's you play a year and you enter the transfer portal. So <laughs> trust me, all, did they did they sign six guys or five guys? I can't, yeah, I, I, six i'm yeah, so, um, signing day. Trust me, all six of those guys will not be there in a year. So, yeah. it's just It's just the way of the world these days. It's a you know, you know, it's, there'll be a lot of attrition in the O-line room after next year. A lot of those freshmen will probably jump over some of the older guys and some of the older guys will leave. So it's just, you know, that's what they want. I mean, honestly, Texas probably wants that. They want to get rid of some, some, some guys that, that, that shouldn't be there. And so uh, on paper, it sounds great, but it's just a different world that we live in now, as far as you know, keeping guys for four years and three years. I mean, you're lucky to keep them for a year now. So, uh, but they got some great talent to work with. The cream will rise to the top and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll hopefully keep the guys that they want and, and they'll get rid of a few guys along the way. I'm sure. Yeah. And when you, um, I don't
0: know how closely you follow recruiting kelvin Banks, mm-hmm. uh, considered, you know, one of the, the top offensive tackles in the 2022 class um you know when you look at offensive linemen film of
1: recruits coming out what are you looking for i mean you're you're, obviously i mean texas is looking for size they want big bodies but you got to look at athleticism and and their feet and are they a finisher uh what you know what's their you know are their techniques sound are they Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things to look at. And and Coach Flood is one of the best O-line coaches in the country in developing. And so uh, he'll fix, you know, the issues that they have. But you got to remember, too, is the O-line coach, there's only one of them. And then they have a, a GA or an analyst. If you're lucky, you have both. So, Coach Flood's not going to be able to coach these each one of these guys all day long. I mean, in the spring he will, and in fall camp some, but at some point it's going to be who are the guys that are going to play, and those are the guys that you focus your attention to. I mean, that's that's the way it is at every school. So uh, it, it's not it, it's not like you know the NFL where you've only got eight eight bodies and one coach and you can really work with guys. It's kind of you know, these these kids are going to have to do things on their own to improve their techniques and get with the older guys and work with them on their own. Because, you know, Coach Flood's out re- trying to replace all those guys he signed today for next year. So that's just the way that's the way college football is now. When when you were at
0: Texas, take us through, um, you know, what your experience was as an offensive lineman uh like what do you mean like i mean like did you have a group that you came in with that you grew up with um you know was it you know what what was the camaraderie like because you guys have to communicate so well and be able to pass things off and you know everyone talks about that special communication that happens between linemen and and how close they have to be
1: yeah i mean every situation is different like i said the the game today is way different than it was in 1991 but uh we had a we had a big group of o-linemen that came in uh we uh had some you know real talented players uh i came in you know as a pretty good run blocker our high school i mean we didn't throw the ball very much if i remember correctly but uh, i was a decent run blocker but my pass protection was really bad. I mean, I was like not even near ready to play right away. And so, uh, you know, I ran scout team my first year and, you know, kind of learned, you know, no one likes doing scout team, but, uh, but in the spring, I really decided that I'm going to get, I'm, I'm taking a job somewhere. I'm going to win a job and just something clicked, just watching the older guys work and watching, uh, I learned a lot by just watching other college and NFL players play football. I mean, the uh, that's really honestly how I learned until I got to the NFL was just watching other people block and trying to figure out what how that could help me. But uh, it, it was a close-knit group, a bunch of great guys. And, uh, uh, you know, everyone kind of had their turn to play at some point. But uh, I was lucky enough to start my freshman year and uh, redshirt freshman year. And, uh, and uh, it was a you know, great opportunity for me just to kind of get better and better as each year went, went along. And then just selfishly, how did, how did
0: everything change when you got to the NFL? Like, you know, that spirit that told you I'm taking someone's job, I'm going to improve my past pro and you become an all American at Texas. And then you go to the NFL and how,
1: you know, how was the game different there? Well, it's just a lot more technique based. I mean, it's everyone that you go against is good Texas, you know, maybe, you know, back then probably, you know, three or four games that year, I went against guys that were going to play in the NFL. I mean, the NFL, everyone's got something good. And today they're a hundred times better than they were back then. I mean, the technique and the coaching now is a lot different. The, the D linemen are so much better than they used to be. Uh, so it's a different game now than it used to be, but uh, it, you just have to, you know, work on your technique. Your technique will always uh, get you through and and help you become, you know, the best version of yourself. And then you've got to, uh, you know, be a fighter. You got to have some pride in your game and you got to you know, not want your 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 man to to make a tackle or hit the quarterback or whatever. What um, you know, it's interesting because
0: uh, you had an experience with Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian with your sons, Tommy and James going to Alabama. And now here they are uh, at Texas and they bring in this uh, prominent offensive line class. What was your experience with Kyle Flood during the recruiting process with your sons so that people might have an idea of what he's like as a recruiter?
1: I mean, it wasn't anything over the top. I mean, we talked some and he talked to them a lot more than he talked to me. I just, you know, I have some specific kind of techniques that I believe in. I think work and, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that he was good with, with, with them doing that. I don't want my kids, playing in a vertical set offense and uh doing some different techniques that i think are counterproductive so uh we were on the same page as that goes i mean he could have been lying to me and just said whatever he wanted to say but i i do i know i know one of the guys that my kids work with uh that coached in the nfl for a long time and they're they're pretty close so i felt pretty confident that he's on board with doing some different things but good, you know, awesome guy, great person and good coach. And obviously, you know, Alabama's O-line, his last year there was one of the best, if not the best O-line ever. So makes your O-line coach look probably better, better than he really is. But uh, Coach Flood's one of the best O-line coaches in the country and a great guy. And these these young guys coming in have got a great, great coach to learn from.
0: Well, and you and I've talked about this a little bit in the past, he, he teaches a lot of different techniques. And look, there are some college programs that are trying to hide the fact that they cannot get elite offensive linemen. So they're running, you know, Mike Leach ran, you know, the wide splits and just got big bodies and tried to make defensive, you know, players have to run a long way to get to the quarterback and try to get the pass out fast. Others are running, you know, wide zone, you know, to try to, hide the fact that maybe they, they can't win one on one or whatever. But Sarkeesian and flood run it all like you have to have premium offensive linemen to run the kind of offense they want to run that that
1: almost demands it, right? Well, I think I think it, it goes both ways. I mean, uh, you, you have to, in my opinion, your offensive coordinator has to call a game to, to give your offense a chance for success up front. And I think if you're running screens, you're running the ball, you're running play action pass, you, you know, change it up and drop back pass. Like you have to keep, you know, you max you different types of protection, you know, Alabama, uh, uh, ran a lot of max protection and, and, and flood and Sarks last year there. Uh, and, Texas didn't. Texas ran some of that last year, but not as much as I thought they would with the offensive line issues they had. So you got to put these guys in a in a, in and in 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 get put them in a chance to succeed as a coordinator. If you just drop back pass every time, you're going to get beat a hundred to nothing. I mean, that's just college football. You know, you break down games on first and second down, normal down and distance. You break down games, short yardage and goal line, and third down is like a whole different game. Third down is a whole day of game planning. So defenses do it, offenses do it, and you have to be successful on third down to have any success in college football. So you want to get in manageable short yardage third down, uh, you know, distance so you can move the chains. And so uh, you know that'll be that'll be a premium for Texas here on out and. Uh, You know, Sark's one of the best play callers there is. So, uh, you know, hopefully they'll, uh, you know, put it all together next, you know, next, next fall. What did you see in watching Texas?
0: What did you see as the biggest areas for improvement on the offensive line?
1: I think, I I think the offense, I mean, the offensive line wasn't, you know, great, but I think, I think they caught a lot more flack than they should have. I, I know I saw a lot of backs missing blocks. I saw a lot of tight ends missing blocks. I saw quarterbacks not reading the right blitzes on certain uh, blitzes and where they were hot off a guy. So I think you know everyone blames the quarterback and the offensive line when things don't work for the offense. Uh, but Texas had a lot of issues. They dropped a lot of passes. Uh, you know they they uh, you know made some bad throws here and there. Uh, but, you know, the O-line wasn't the you know greatest in the history of college football, but they also uh, weren't as bad as I think people people think they were. And I think they improved as the year went on. When you – and Sark,
0: I asked him about this on signing day about um, true freshmen playing on the offensive line. And he said, we had one at Alabama. We had three at USC at one time. What What's your – you know, you've, you've been a coach. You coached at SMU. Um, I think you were coaching the defensive line, but you got to see what the offensive line was doing every day. Uh, is it easier for a true freshman to play on the offensive line now, or is it just about that kid?
1: I think it's, I think there's a combination of things. I think it's a lot of it's about the kid, how, how ready he is, prepared he is. You know, is he strong? As he have good technique? Uh, it also depends on what who's on who's in front of them. I mean, if, do you are you going to a team that has you know bad offensive linemen? Uh, and if you know if you do, that helps. And I think it also the conference. I mean, the Big Twelve is a lesser football conference than the SEC, so it's easier to get on the field and play against comp- the guys that you're going against than it is in the SEC. So I think a lot of it falls into that. I think coaches uh, have to help. I think they have to help the the if you've, if you've got a young guy in there, I think you have to, to to be aware of who's in the game and be be ready to help that player with certain types of protection and help. And if you're a tackle, you know maybe give him a chip every now and then or slide that way more. Uh, so there's ways to do it, and 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 it happens. I mean, this year in college football, I mean, I saw. Personally, probably close to ten guys playing. You know, different schools. A&M had two guys. West Virginia had a guy. Uh, Notre Dame's starting left tackle got hurt in the first half of the opening game of the year. But I mean, it, that's that's impressive at Notre Dame. So it, you know, there's there's a couple more guys I can't think off the top of my head, but uh, but it it can be done. Uh, but I think you would, and it, it, it would be. Better to not do it if you could, but if you're that guy and you're ready to do it, then, you know, it helps you down the road, I think. I think what, what I've noticed in, in kind of the old way Clemson, the old Clemson, I'm going to call it the old Clemson because I think Clemson's on the slow decline here. But when they were Trevor Lawrence and ATN and scoring 40 points in the first half and blowing out everyone in the ACC, you know, their backup O-line and basically played half a game. And so if you can get guys in the game and play guys in reps, get reps, get game reps, those are valuable reps that I think pay dividends. And now with the four-game uh, redshirt rule, I mean, you can actually get and f- play four games. Start You could start four games and uh, get some great experience. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just up to the coach and the O-line coach and the head coach on what they're, plan is and 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 how good the player is really ultimately well
0: um how are tommy and james doing obviously alabama is in the college football playoff and uh exciting times for uh the brockermeyer family how are tommy and james doing i know you you and i talked earlier in the year about how he's going up against will anderson every day in practice that's you can't put a, 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 you know, price on how uh, valuable that experience is.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a different, different animal Alabama. I mean, they've got, you're basically in practice, you're playing a game against the best, you know, one of the best defenses in the country every day. So it's been, uh, been, been valuable experience for them to go against, you know, some very good players uh, and just they keep developing and getting better and, uh, seem to be seem to be doing great they were just home for uh, three or four days for a little break and went back to start practice uh, last night
0: yeah Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator former head coach in the NFL how's that experience been
1: they like him I mean he's you know bill o'Brien is is fourth in inches on every single second of every single day he's an intense guy and uh, but I mean their offense you know they haven't i mean, This is not Alabama's best team they've had in in a while, but, I mean, they've they've still done pretty well. They've got a Heisman Trophy uh, quarterback, and, uh, you know, they've got some good weapons. Uh, One of them's gone now, but they've they've done, you know, they've scored a lot of points and done well. They haven't done it the way they normally do it, by running the football, but, uh, you know, they find a way, and hopefully they'll find a way to win two more games. All right, we'll take a quick break here
0: on the flagship podcast interview with Blake Brockermeyer. We'll come back, get an update on Luke Brockermeyer, get his thoughts on Quinn Ewers, coming in at quarterback at Texas and what that means uh, for the quarterback room at Texas. We'll be right back here on the flagship podcast interview. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's let's get your thoughts on uh, Quinn Ewers coming in. And Quinn Ewers, I mean, this guy's a genius. He, I think he got a bunch of NIL money to go to Ohio State. Now he's probably getting a bunch of NIL money to, to come to Texas. It's a different world out there. And I want to ask you about the Pancake Factory, too. Uh, $50,000 annually for all the scholarship offensive linemen uh, coming to Texas. It's a different world out there now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a totally different world. It's, you know, instead of... You know a lot of the, the under the table money that that you always hear about or or, or poker chip money, it's uh, it's, uh, you know, it's you know it's 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 all out in the open now. So it's you know really benefited Texas this year. Uh, it was a it's a great uh, it's a great thing for the kids. I think it's it, it'll cause a lot of uh, other schools to have to figure out a way to to compete because i mean let's be real oklahoma and AM aren't just going to let texas cherry pick the best o linemen in, the, in in the state every year not to mention lsu and alabama and you you know there's all these great you know schools so uh it it'll probably turn into this to a huge uh, mess but it'll benefit the kids and uh uh you know it's it's a uh, it's it's you know great for the kids i mean think about it I mean, some of these kids are making as much money as their parents are. And you know, a lot of them will never play it down. So it's great. It's great. It's great for the kids. It's, you know, I don't know how great it is for the game, but it's great for Texas because they got money and they can, you know, figure that they'll figure out a way to, to, to put it in their advantage. And, uh, it's, it's worked out great for them so far. It looks like. Yeah.
0: Jimbo Fisher said on the Paul Feinbaum show. Um, we've had NIL deals in the past. They just weren't legal.
1: (laughs) He's not lying. Trust me. There's, there's a, there's a whole world of that out there, but, uh, but uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's just, it's completely different world. I mean, player tampering with, I mean, every single player, I mean, who knows what the future looks like, but I mean, if a guy like Bijan Robinson were to enter the transfer portal, he could probably make ten million dollars next year, going somewhere. You know, it's just it's just a wild time. And if if you have young, uh, maybe not maybe not even young, but if you have uh, boosters that are passionate about college football, then uh, your program can turn around quickly. I mean, SMU's got eight billionaires that have, that have graduated from there that are involved in the program. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Walton family at Arkansas is into football much, but if they ever get into this, Arkansas might win 100 national championships in a row. So, and Jerry Jones. Yeah. So it's just a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I would say it's a great time to be a, a, a good player, but I think there'll be a lot of, there could easily be a lot of issues in the locker room, and uh, I mean when you're when you're the the schools technically aren't buying the players, but they really are. I mean, in a a way, I mean, they're
0: well, yeah, the coach has
1: to sort out exactly all the
0: imbalance. And Sark even talked about that on signing day. He said, my, my concern is that you're going to have players in the same room. One guy's getting a ton of money and the other guy's not getting anything. And how is that going to affect
1: chemistry? Yeah. Well, at Texas, there you know, it looks like, at least from what I've read, everyone's going to get something. So that's, that's, that's good there. But, you know, when you basically name a starter at a certain position by paying, you know, by, by someone else paying them money that you're telling them to pay the guy money. I mean, what if the guy turns out to be a bust and what if you don't have any backups? I mean, if, if, I mean, I have I personally would have a hard time being a backup quarterback at Texas with Quinn Ewers being there. I mean, he's going to be the starter. It's almost a hundred percent lock for that. So, you know, why would you want to be? You know, I mean, he could get hurt, obviously, but uh, it's just a weird situation to be in. And uh, but that's that's the world we live in now, and it's great for the players that are getting paid and. Uh, I'm sure it'll cause some, you know, some headaches along the way. Well, for,
0: for Tommy and James, they were recruited right before NIL was approved. Have they been able to get some
1: NIL deals or, I mean, they haven't really, they haven't really played or anything. So, uh, I mean, there's some opportunities for them to do. We're, you know, very cautious of, I mean, I'm not going to just sign some deal that's, you know, a, a, I mean, I want to, if we're going to do something, we're going to do something big. So, so far they haven't, but they, you know, they have some opportunities. And, uh, but they, you know, ultimately you got to get on the field and play. You got to yeah. do something. I mean, nobody wants to pay a bunch of money to a backup quarterback. And so, or sorry. Back to a, a backup player, not quarterback, but just a backup that's not playing. So uh, they'll have their chance to to do that. I mean, ultimately, that's not our concern. I mean, the, our, their concern and my concern is for them to compete at a high level against the best players in the country and uh, have a chance to win a national championship. So uh, they put themselves in a position to do that. And now they just got to go do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bijan Robinson is over a million dollars in NIL. He won't talk about it. It's amazing. He's a humble kid and uh, seems to be liked by his teammates. Um, let's get into your other son, Luke, who, you know, started all season at middle linebacker and then in the last contact practice of the season, tears his ACL, Blake. It's it's uh, just a heartbreaking situation. Yeah. Um, you know, take us through it and how he's dealing with it.
1: Yeah, he unfortunately uh, had a non-contact injury on, you know, the like you said, the last practice, and uh, he had surgery on Monday. He's home uh, here in Fort Worth healing and getting ready. He starts rehab tomorrow with a guy that rehabbed me 100 years ago. So, uh, so we've, you know, he's in good hands. Uh, you know, Texas has done a great job with getting him ready for, you know, surgery and rehabbing, pre, you know, re, pre-habbing before surgery. And uh, so they've got a great plan and he'll be, uh, he'll be ready to go when the season starts up in August and uh, hopefully can uh, continue to, you know, get on the field and contribute. Yeah, I mean, he was a, an incredibly productive player uh, for Texas this season,
0: a couple interceptions, um, you know, just talk about his season as, you know, this incredible, This great story of a guy who believed in in himself, bet on himself, and became the starting middle linebacker.
1: Yeah, you know he, uh, you know he, you know did the best he could. He tried hard, and uh, you know had a pretty productive season. You know he rotated a lot with, you know different linebackers, so he you know wasn't on the field every single play. But uh, you know he 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 made some great plays. He he obviously wasn't perfect in every game, uh, but. You know, did the best that he could and had a great experience and loves the coaching staff at Texas, loves Coach Cho. Uh, I think he likes him more than he likes me. But uh, he uh, just had a, you know, the season was disappointing. Uh, obviously, wasn't how anyone expected it to go. But, uh, you know, he was excited to, to, you know, contribute, you know, any way that he could. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can do the same next year yeah
0: I mean, the it was such a weird season. The way that Texas, you know, got out ahead of Oklahoma and had the double digit leads against Oklahoma State and Baylor in the third quarter. Those are the three best teams in the conference and and then it gets away in different ways, you know, Against Oklahoma, the defense struggled against Iowa State, Texas led at halftime. The offense couldn't do anything. It just was a weird year. It wasn't like you could point to one thing. It was different things, but, you know, it, and Sark talked about it being mental. And so, you know, do you have a thought on on how the, the pattern kind of kept repeating itself?
1: I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Probably not going to tell you every one of them, but... <laughs> I mean, you know, the Oklahoma game was a heartbreaker, obviously. They, they, you know, should have won that game. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. They had many opportunities to win the game, uh, kind of, kind of blew it. Uh, Oklahoma State game was going well. You know, we had a pick six before uh, halftime where we were going in to score. That was just a dagger. And I felt like kind of like, after, I mean, looking back on it now, I feel like kind of after the, you know, after that happened, it just seemed like, you know, a lot of teams, I mean, there's a lot of teams like this. I mean, where things are going well and you think you might maybe have a chance to win the Big 12 or go to the Big 12 game, and then you don't. And then just mentally, for some reason, just people kind of scatter and do their own thing. And, you know, the Baylor game, they had many opportunities to win that game. They had some... I mean, they had a million different things, but just some of the drops they had in that game. I mean, there's there's so many different ways. But uh, I think when you have high expectations, it's like LSU. I mean, every year they go into the season, they have a lot of talent. Alabama beats them. The season's over with. And then they shut it down. I mean, so that's it's kind of the same thing. I think mentally, I think you just have, uh, you know, just wasn't a – uh, uh, you know, they had a lot of probably people going in different directions. Let's just say that. Yeah, and now they got a lot of people going into the portal. Um,
0: yeah. and, and this is a rebuild. I mean, Sark said with two games left in the season, there could be 33 new players on the roster. Yes, I mean, on signing day, he said 36 or 37, which is yeah. we're talking about you know a third of well over a third approaching mm-hmm. a half of your your scholarship roster um and and so i mean it's a rebuild so what should fans expect going into 2022
1: i mean they should expect to win i mean you know they're they're you know they've gone out and got some good players uh they've upgraded their roster uh they've cut you know bait on some guys that weren't all in on on what Sark's vision is and what Texas's vision is uh you know they've spent a lot of money on a quarterback that you hope is going to be what people think he's going to be so i mean i fully expect them to win the big 12 next year i mean uh i mean with all the talent they've got there's no reason they shouldn't And uh, I didn't think that last year, but this year, I mean, that's my expectation is they should be, uh, you know, they're not going to win every game probably during this regular season, but they should easily make it to the big 12 championship game. I mean, Iowa state, is going to be down. Oklahoma is going to be down. I mean, the big 12 is as a whole down. I mean, on paper, now that could change in two seconds, with the transfer portal and bringing guys in and, you know, that, that can, that can help. I mean, but uh, Texas, you know, in my opinion should be in the big 12 championship game next year. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. All right. On,
0: uh, on defense, you know, where, where Luke plays, where, where do you think that defense needs to take the next step when you put on your, your coaching
1: glasses? Well, I don't want to get in too much into what I think, but, you know, I think just as a whole, you know, they just have to continue to get reps and they'll have a bunch of new faces playing next year uh, and just continue to coach them up. It looks like uh, from all, all that I'm hearing, not only, you know, reading, but hearing in Fort Worth, Gary Patterson's going to be in Austin this year as an analyst. So, uh, I would expect him to. I mean, I don't. Uh, it'd be an awkward role for you know for the Texas staff, I would think. But you know, he he's a, an incredible defensive coach, and probably will have a few ideas that they can you know implement in their scheme. But uh, I would expect year two for them to maybe do a little bit more. Uh, but uh, I don't really know. You know what I, I mean? you know, exactly new wrinkles that they're going to put in. But uh, I would expect them with just the more talent you have, the more you can do it defensively. And so, uh, you know, I'd personally like to see him play a lot more man to man defense. But uh, but that's just me. Yeah. What
0: uh, what impressed you the most about the Big 12 um,
1: race this year? I was real surprised. I knew Oklahoma State's defense was really good. Uh, I was real surprised how just dominant they were, you know, most of the year. I mean, they had a really, really solid defense. Baylor's team uh, was way better than I expected them to be. I knew, you you know, a lot with the super seniors and bringing all these guys back. I mean, Baylor had a couple of guys that had started for like over 50 games or something. Which is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, that gives you a huge advantage with experience. Uh, I thought they actually upgraded at quarterback in the, in their, in the Big 12 championship game. So, uh, you know, Oklahoma was, I, I expected them to be a really, really good team this year. In fact, make the, make the playoffs. And, uh, I think just Spencer Rattler deal didn't go as planned. And I thought their defense would be a lot better than they were. And, uh, so you know Iowa State was kind of a letdown. I I thought what they had a lot of experience coming back. I didn't think Brock Purdy had a very good year for being an experienced quarterback. Uh, you know TCU was obviously a huge disappointment. Uh, K State does what they do every year. Uh, Kansas obviously uh, improved a lot way more than I would have expected. Uh, not beating Texas expected, but uh, but they definitely look like they've hired the right guy there. So, you know, I think with uh, Cincinnati and UCF and Houston and uh, BYU coming into the conference in a couple of years, I think it'll really be a, a really competitive conference. I mean, I think it's going to be, you lose a lot of the the, the the big names in Texas and Oklahoma, but I think it'll be, become a very competitive conference and, uh, we'll, you know, still got great players and recruits out of Texas. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see Houston's, Houston's one of those teams where if they recruit the state, you know, the city of Houston well, they can really turn it on quickly.
0: Well, I got to ask you, since he's won the Heisman Trophy and your son's played Alabama, about Bryce Young because that kid just looks like he's got ice water in his veins, you know, completely unflappable and makes you appreciate Mac Jones maybe even more. Ah, uh, being able to stare down that talent in practice and hold the job last year. Of course, Mac Jones is doing great in the NFL right now. Uh, but give me your thoughts on Bryce Young. What stands out about him?
1: Well, kind of like what you said, he's just an incredible competitor. He's calm, cool, collected. Uh, you know, he's not the the biggest guy in the world. He's kind of got some. Kyler Murray kind of traits without the freak freakish speed that, that Murray's got. But, you know, when he runs, he's very effective, which he doesn't like, you know, he doesn't like to do it. And, uh, you know, even Sark when he was at Alabama, doesn't like to run the quarterback, but, you know, sometimes you have to. So, uh, just a really incredibly, uh, uh, high IQ football IQ and a very accurate passer. So, uh, just a you know, just a, just a, you know exactly what he was supposed to be coming out of high school. I mean, just a, a freak, freaky guy, and you know that's why Lincoln Riley is at USC right now. I mean, you go watch these games on Saturdays, and it's you know, the the you know Brock Bowers from Napa, California, Georgia, you know Bryce Young at Alabama, you know, uh, uh, you know DJ at Clemson. At, you know, I mean, all these guys from the West Coast are on the East coast playing football. So you can see why Lincoln Riley took that job and USC will likely be a powerhouse sooner than later, because just, I think he'll keep a lot of the talent in, in the state of California. And with crystal ball going to Miami, you know, Oregon's going to lose a lot of its, you know, kind of star power at coach.
0: Well, it was nice of them to put, uh, Alabama right down the road for you in the semifinal against Cincinnati. Right. It, uh,
1: yeah, that was, that was a blessing. I mean, it was, you know, we, uh, I wasn't sure they were going to be able to beat Georgia just by the, the Auburn, you know, they hadn't played, you know, like I said, they hadn't played You know, great all year, but, uh, at times when they do play well, they look unbeatable, uh, and, uh, just you know being the number one seed and being able to choose where you play is uh, everybody wants to play in a, in a controlled environment and a, you know I think most coaches would prefer to not play in Miami just with the distractions off the field so uh, just great you know for them to be around and gonna have a you know a bunch of people here and you know have a good time looking forward to the game and hopefully they'll win it and get to get it get, go to Indianapolis of all odd places for the natty
0: indianapolis here's yeah. your reward kids you're going to indianapolis
1: Yeah, exactly you gonna it's
0: play exactly. lucas oil field
1: it's still so uh, inc- i mean wherever the game is just being having an opportunity to win it. it's just it's so hard to do and uh you know we you know alabama's alabama but next year is supposed to be their year they're going to be loaded next year so this year uh was kind of a worse I'm, I'm personally surprised that they uh, have done as well as they have but hopefully they can keep it up for a few more games well it's uh it's always great
0: conversation blake i always appreciate it so much uh, you know i'm so old i covered you as a player and here i am you know talking to you now as a proud father and uh congratulations on on all the all your success, all your son's successes. It's uh, its a great tribute to to you and your family. And um, always enjoy the conversation. Love talking ball with you. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. It.
1: Enjoyed talking to you too. Have a great uh, holiday and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: for Blake Brockermeyer, I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Uh, thanks for listening to the flagship podcast interview. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.